Welcome to Platform Church Rested Life Conversations. Platform is a young, dynamic, multidimensional church. We offer inspirational, practical, and relevant teaching that is applicable for your daily living. At Platform, our teaching is relevant to people of all ages, race, color, nationality, and of different socioeconomic backgrounds. At Platform Church, we believe that the rested life is a reality for us. For more information, visit platformchurch.co.za. Enjoy the rested life conversations. Now, here is your host, Darlington Steve. See, my dear sisters and brothers, there are possibilities that are routed in the grace, in your salvation that God has given you. There are enormous possibilities that is currently in that very particular salvation package that you are sitting or probably you are thinking of. There are possibilities that if only your eyes can be able to open to see it, you will be able to appropriate all the things that need to be done for you to be able to take hold of that. And so, because of that, this morning will be unfolding. What are the possibilities daring that can make us operate the invisible for our expectations? So the title of my message this morning, it is titled, Operating the Invisible for Your Expectations. Ability to operate the invisible for your operation. My dear, whether you like it or not, the truth of the fact is this, is the fact that it is the spiritual that controls the physical. It is the spiritual that controls the physical. For you to understand how far the spiritual controls the physical. For example, the big one I'm going to use. How come that before you wake up in the morning, there is always a night time or there is always a sleep time before you wake up in the morning? We get to understand that even with Jesus, there are some certain things that Jesus needed to do. There are some certain possibilities that he needs to do. The Bible says, at the wee hour of the morning, which is before the daybreak, he takes advantage of the night. He takes advantage of the spiritual realm to be able to to route the possibility that he already has. But the thing there with, 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 with Jesus is the fact that he understands the possibility. Remember that Jesus was a man like you. He was a man that has the same stature. He was a man that has the same flesh. He also, he also was eating pap and rice. He was eating chakalaka. He was eating KFC if there was a possibility at that very particular point in time. He was eating bread. He was eating corn. But this is a funny thing there about Jesus is the fact that he understands that my ability for me to appropriate some certain possibilities on this very particular earth i need to be able to operate the invisible for my expectations to become a reality you and i know too well that the expectation of jesus was for him to come and die that you and i will be able to have life and have it more abundantly you and I should be able to, 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 to enter into the rest. I remember I was speaking to a particular servant of God. I don't want to mention the name. I was sharing the story with my wife. And I was saying to this very particular, we're just having a back and forth in terms of conversations and in terms of what the Lord is doing and what the Lord has called us to do as a church. And one of the things there in which I was trying to buttress is the fact that from the very beginning, there was a grace that was available in the Garden of Eden that Adam apparently lost that very particular grace. It is what we call the grace of the rested life. The rested life that God God had created everything in full. God created the food, the bed, the animals and everything so that man can enter into that very particular rest without man trying to start their own creation. But man missed that, I mean, man missed that very particular opportunity. And so because of that, I was making him to understand. I said, see, the rested life has actually been in the beginning. And so all that was happening from Genesis down to Act of the Apostle, where Jesus Christ came, or probably in John chapter 17, where Jesus Christ came to die for us, was the fact that God was trying everything possible to take man back into the rested life in God that he has created for man. And so because of that, even salvation, salvation is just a byproduct 
of man to be able to enter into rest. Ability for you to speak in tongues. Ability for you to be able to pray. Ability for you to be able to fast. All those very particular factors was put together for man to enter into rest. Because why? We can see that the book of Genesis chapter 2 from verse 2 to verse 3, the Bible calls to understand that when God created the universe, the Bible says after he has finished, he rested of his work. He rested of his work. And when he was resting, God was in a good mood when he created you. Ah, I feel like somebody needs to hear this one. God was in a good mood when he created you. He was not in a panic mood. He was not thinking who will be there, how will I be able to... No, he was fully rested. No wonder when we can see the prototype and how he puts man together, you can only tell that this can just be from a rested mind position to be able to route this possibility. And we can see that when Jesus came, he said, I have come that they might have life. And have it more abundantly. What is the life that Jesus came to give us? He came to give us the life of the rested one. He came to give us the life that he is currently now sitting in heaven. Enjoying that rest. And I know too well that somebody this morning. You will also enter into that rest right now in the name of Jesus. Let's begin to go into our word this morning. And begin to see what the Lord is saying to us this morning. And one of the things in which I want you to understand. In the previous message last week Sunday. We were exploring the possibility of faith. The possibility of faith. But this is the thing that I want you to understand this morning. That no matter how much you want to route faith, faith also has some certain factor that makes it very active. Faith has some certain things that makes it very strong. For instance, one of the things we want to use as an example is the fact that no matter how beautiful a light is when it is turned on, there is actually a current that makes that very particular light a possibility that you are seeing. The same thing also applies with your faith. The same thing also applies in terms of your faith operating in the fullness and in the grandeur of what God has marked for you. Yes, and this is a thing I need to say to somebody this morning. The day you gave your life to Christ, all the faith that you need, the faith to raise the dead the faith to be able to, to pull in miracle transfer of money, the faith for you to be able to work in divine health, the faith for you to be able to ride that very particular car live that very particular good life, that faith was given to you from the beginning, but can I shock you regardless of the fact that the faith was given to you from the beginning there are factors that you need to add to make sure that that faith is either the faith grow to become a great faith or your faith will remain the small one like a mustard seed, you determine that very particular thing, but before we look at those very invisible force that we can compile to make our expectation come to pass. Let's actually just look at some of the few stuff we talked about last week just to be able to build an environment to build an environment into this very particular point that I was bringing this morning. What is faith? Like we said last week Sunday one of the things in which we put as faith we say faith. It is not a religious philosophy. It is a spiritual mystery. It is not a religious philosophy. It is not something that somebody just sat down one morning and just concocted in their head. No. It is a spiritual mystery that if you can lay hold on it and the principle that I'm about to give you to work that faith to become a reality, all of a sudden you'll be able, like Ephesians chapter 6 verse 16, you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. All the fiery darts of the devil. When you talk about all, anything that is stressing you, anything that is giving you sleepless nights, anything that is making you worry, anything that is making you of a full concern, you will be able, because why? It is a mystery. It is something that you need to be able to just hold. The same way you believe, and this is the thing I tell people when it comes to faith. I'm like, you cannot lay hold on, you can't touch Wi-Fi, but at least you can see the effect of what Wi-Fi is doing. You cannot touch Wi-Fi. For example, you're like, no, there is that Wi-Fi in this very particular building? And by the time you go, you check, you just see some certain things standing like this, and you click it, put password. You cannot hold the Wi-Fi, but you believe that the internet will actually supply for you. That's the same thing also with faith. The same thing also, you cannot hold air, 
But at the same time, you can breathe air into your lungs. The same thing also applies with faith. It is a mystery that you cannot comprehend with your physical mind. It is your ability to awaken to the consciousness of who Christ is on the inside. That is when you'll be able to appropriate the mysteries that govern faith. What else again we say last week? We say that faith is not a humanistic principle. Neither is it a theory. It is not a humanistic principle. It's not a principle that was found from a book by a particular writer. Neither is it a theory that was propagated by a university of Wales or maybe Convenient University in Nigeria or maybe Vich University here in South Africa. I think the one in which I know of recent, the Rose University in Grahamstown. It is not a theory. It was, that's why the school cannot fathom the spiritual possibility that your faith carry. And I pray this morning that as you begin to appropriate this understanding, your eyes will be open to see everything that lies in for you in the name of Jesus. Another thing also I will point out is the fact that it has been fully, that faith it, it's a force that has been fully persuaded of the truth. It's something that you are fully persuaded on regardless of the prevailing circumstances around you. Regardless of the prevailing circumstances, you are fully persuaded. You are fully rested. You are not moved. You are not bothered because why? You know that is a force that you have hold. And so because of the force in which you have hold on that very particular thing, you are not shaking. You are not confused. And also the final one I just want to put out, if you want to get more of that very particular message, I would encourage you to go back to two, last week's Sunday's message and you will get all the possibility therein that I was put when it comes to the issue of the concept of faith. It's the fact that faith is a fight. This morning, I'll continue by saying faith is a fight that you and I need to engage in. Faith is a fight that you and I need to engage in. Because the truth of it is the fact that the only currency that God recognized in heaven is the, what's it called? Is the currency of faith. The currency of faith is what God recognizes. See, God does not, I tell people, and this is how I'm going to put it this morning. As much as we see it in Hebrew, the Bible says, we do not serve a God who does not sympathize with our infirmity. We don't serve a God who does not, who does not feel our emotion. Now, this is how far God can go with that very particular scripture. Yes, he feels your pain. He sympathizes with your pain. He understands that you are going through that very particular thing. But for you to be able to compel the supernatural, to be able to happen on this very particular place, that very particular emotions cannot pull it off. It is going to come from your spirit man, the ability to pull the faith, to say regardless of the fact that I have just lost something that is very important, regardless of the fact that I am currently going through a divorce, regardless of the fact that my body is full of sicknesses and diseases, I choose to pull it is not an emotional stuff. So your emotions cannot pull the faith. Your emotions cannot pull the faith. It will only come from a rested position in your spirit, man, that can be able to route that possibility and to cause you to be a celebrity. And so because of that, in the book of First Timothy chapter 6, First Timothy chapter 6, from verse 12, the Bible there says, it says, fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. He said, lay hold on eternal life. We are unto thou art called. Which means faith business is a fighting business. If somebody needs to hear that part, your faith business is a fighting business. Because why? The devil is fighting to get you. I mean, the devil is fighting to remove your faith because he knows if I can shift you, I can kill you. If I can shift you from the faith, I can kill you in life. And so because of that, this very particular work of ministry, the work of spirituality in which you and I, the work of Christianity, the work of belief, depending on how you want to see it, it's all about faith. 
It's all about faith. Whether you like it or not, no matter the religion in which you are currently streaming from, or no matter the religion in which you are currently pulling from, it's all a product of faith. It's a product of faith. But when it comes to us as believers, we understand that this faith is a reality. It is a currency. It is a power that pulls possibility. It is something we can lay hold. You can hold it with your hand. It is not just a thinking. It is not just an imagination. You can hold it with your hand. No wonder the Bible says, it says when you fight the good fight of faith, it said then you can lay hold on eternal life. Eternal life means everything that is possible in that very particular realm, you can lay hold on it. Everything that is possible in that very particular place. And can I shock you, that very particular realm was where you came from. You came from a realm of the supernatural. You came from a realm of divinity. You came from the God class. So which means you are a God that is just only having an earthly experience. I will say it one more time. You are a God operating with just an earthly experience. But until you wake up to the possibility that I am a God and in my kingdom where I belong, there is a currency that operates there. That currency is not by crying. That currency is not by, by complaining. That currency is not by feeling bad. That currency, the Father has made the currency so cheap. It is called the faith currency. It is called the faith currency and so this morning i want you to understand some certain things that as far as god is concerned he has given us all the possibility for us to route all the miracles that you and i can be able to route and for example we can see some of the example the people who were able to pull that kind of faith they turned their faith the kind of violent faith that changes possibility for them they were able to wake up with some certain possibility and say to themselves that not in my watch will i be able to allow life to give me a beat down one of them is a guy called peter when Peter get to the point where he captured that very particular faith, Peter got to the point. I'm just giving an example before we go to that very particular point. He got to that very particular level where he could capture it. And when he captured that very particular faith, the same Peter who was running for a small girl, the same Peter who was running from a child, a child, a small girl that is not even up to 12 years old. That same Peter, when he got into the reality of what that faith carries and the power that backed that very particular faith, Peter was able to stand before men, whereby in one day, 3,000 people gave their life to Christ. One day, the same Peter who was afraid of a small girl, when that same Peter lay hold on this very particular mystery, the force of faith, the violent faith, Peter was able to stand in front of 3,000 plus people. And the Bible says on that very particular day, many come to Christ from a man that was afraid. And that person also we see is the fact that when that faith came alive, uh, was a person of Jesus. All he was doing was the fact that at age 12, Jesus was just talking in the temple. But between age 12 and age 18, I mean age 30, which was 18 years in absence, Jesus has gone to pull some certain secrets I'll be giving you this morning that empowers him. Whereby by the time he came out at age 30, before we know what was going on, what was supposed to take him years to finish? It actually took him three and a half years to finish. This morning, I pray for somebody. As you are about to engage this mystery this morning, I'm about to put on the table every faith in which you need, everything that you need to pull off in the shortest time will come alive for you in the name of Jesus. Everything that you need to pull off will come alive in the name of Jesus. One of the things in which I want you to understand is the fact that if your faith lack proof, then that very particular faith is fake. Because faith, the Bible makes us to understand in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1. The Bible makes us to understand very clearly. He said, for faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence. <laughs> I like that part. It's called the evidence of things. Which means evidence can be seen. 
So which means if your faith lack proof, which means that which means you, you are not really operating in faith. Because why? Faith would hold a report card. Faith comes with a report card and says, this is what I am standing on. Faith comes with a report card. Remember, you are not moved. You are not shaken. You are not bothered. So if your faith lack proof, it is a clear indication that your faith is a fake faith. And so because of that, one of the things you need to understand is the fact that faith carries evidence. Faith always have an evidence. It is an evidential faith. It is not a faith that is that, 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 that you just keep talking. And this is a thing also that has affected us in the body of Christ. We are so informed about the things of God, but we don't have the revelational knowledge about the things of God. There are two different things. You can be so informed about the things of God and yet don't have a revelational knowledge about the things of God. What actually gives you your dominance? What gives you the rested life? What gives you the ability for you to operate in the fullness of who God is? It is not the information that is in your head. It is the revelation that backs the information that is currently sitting in your head. I will say it one more time. What gives you your rested life? It is not the information you know. It is not ability for you to cram all the eight points of the, I mean, all the acronyms of Platform Church and the scripture. No, I know that Platform Church has a beautiful acronyms, but it is not the information about the acronyms that gives you your rested life. It is the revelation that backs that very particular acronyms that gives you the rested life. And so one more time, I want you to understand this faith is evidential which means it can be seen and if it can be seen which means we can then see and the actions in which you take what is again we can understand when it comes to faith in the book of james chapter 2 from verse 18 to verse 26 james chapter 2 18 to 26 it makes us to understand on point two there is the fact that faith empowers us to take action see there is no way you can capture faith you capture faith in full you would take a corresponding action that backs that very particular reality you would take an action, for example, the woman with the issue of blood. By the time she walked her faith, she positioned her mind to the point she can capture that now I have the evidence that I am healed. We can see it by the next step she takes. The next step she takes was to say, if I touch his arm of his garment, he was not looking for Jesus to lay hand on him. He was not looking for Jesus to prophesy. He was not looking for Jesus to go deeper. All he was just saying, if I can touch, because why? She knows that from the spiritual realm where she comes from, I have been able to pull down the faith. But for me to be able to take hold of the faith, I need to be able to step out in faith to be able to lay hold. James chapter 2 from verse 18 to verse 26. It was giving us a scripture that if you know that you have faith, we will see about your works. And I like what James the writer says. He says, show me your faith without your work and I will show you my faith with my work. Because why? It is the evidence in which you already carry that you carry before the bank to collect that very particular loan or to collect that funding for your business. The evidence that you know that the faith can pull off. And you use that rugidity, the violent faith to engage God. And before you know what is going on, the earth has no choice than to configure themselves to accomplish you. They have no choice than to bend their system to accommodate you. For example, I remember one of the things there. I think it was last year, December, if I'm not mistaken. Almost this very particular period. I think it was December or November. All of a sudden, I remember when the Lord said to me, son, it is time for you to start. Now the time for you to go. And I'm like, well, God, we don't have a venue yet. I remember very well. I was sitting at Wimpy. I was just having a breakfast with one of the pastor's friends at that very particular point. And the Lord said to me, my son, stand up now and go to the school. Remember, I'm thinking, what the hell? No, I can't. It's not possible. I did not hear. You know, you see, this is the thing about faith. Faith does not make sense to your natural mind. It does not. And this is where we are having problem. We are trying to accommodate faith. Like, okay, see, it must make a logical sense. You know, my sixth sense, I am very sharp. 
I have the wisdom of God. But as long as you have the wisdom of God, you should be able to capture the reality of the faith. But if you cannot capture it, it's a clear indication that you really don't have the wisdom. Because when you have the wisdom of God, you will take the step of faith. When the Holy Spirit said to me that very particular point, trust me, it does not make sense. I was caught between, no, it was very funny, it was very interesting. There was a particular robot like this. I think it was a T-junction, yeah. At a T-junction that is close to that very particular school, one of the road leaked to the school, the other one leaked to my house. Now, I have to stand there that moment. I'm like, did they, Dalit, are you sure you hear God? Are you sure you're not going to respect yourself and go back home and just make peace? But all of a sudden, I said, no, I hear God. I hear God. Went to the school. In that same day, in less than, after that same day, we got that very particular school where some of you guys have been there. And yet, we have nobody that has recommended us. Faith produced that very particular school for us. Faith produced it. And by the time the reality of that very particular thing hit me, all of a sudden, by the time the vice, what's called, is it the VP? Call it vice principal, vice deputy principal. You know what they call them. When the VP decided to let me understand, seven people were negotiating for that same facility. But yet, it was given to your church. It was given to you because why? Faith has a way of taking hold of what belongs to you and release it to you as long as you apply the thing therein. And I pray this morning, before this year will come to an end, everything that you need for it, for your life, for your Christmas to look sweet. Because I don't know for strangers in, I know that somebody need a Christmas package from God. And when I'm talking about a Christmas package, I'm talking about something that people will look at you and they'll be like, Wow! Can God really do this? That same package will come for you this month. This new month we are going into. In the name of Jesus. What does again faith is? In the book of Matthew chapter 7 from verse 16. Faith has a fruit. Faith has a fruit. He said for by their fruit you shall know them. Faith has a fruit. It produces something that people can see. It is not just something that you keep talking, you take the action. It carries a fruit. How do you want to explain to a woman called Sarah, where before you know what was going on at age 89, boom, she got pregnant. How do you want to talk about a Hannah, who as a matter of fact, she had to pray away, and yet after the same, that very year, she went back to the church with her own baby boy, caught somewhere. The faith that posed the result, the faith that changed the narrative, faith always has the proof. Also, I want you to understand that until we enter into the faith fight, we will not be able to get into the business of what that faith produces for us. It is a faith fight. And because it's a faith fight, it pulls possibility that you and I need to be able to enjoy. One of the things in which I put here this morning is the fact that I said here, you are an, you are an ordained fighter. If you are not a fighting, if you are not in a fighting battle, you will never win the battles of life. And that's the truth of it. From the, from the throne where you were born from, you are a fighter. Fighting has been your natural realm. Every day you wake up, something is fighting you. So you cannot allow life. And yet God has given you the possibility through faith for you to be able to route new possibility. Do you know that the faith of God that is currently on your inside is a weapon of mass destruction in which he has given you for you to be able to route some possibility. Now one of the things in which I want to set this moment here is the fact that God always responds to faith. I am giving you an humble, I'm giving you, I'm, I'm pumping you up. God always responds to faith. God always responds to faith. God always responds to faith. I want somebody to type it this morning and probably to send it back to me on, the, on this very particular streaming platform. Say, God always responds to my faith. Ah, say it one more time. God always responds to my faith. For instance, we understand the story, the parable of the widow and the unjust judge. It was, it was a parable that was given to us. This woman know too well that I don't care. I may not have bread to eat. I may not have any, I, my, my case must be settled no matter what. And I need this judge to be able to answer me. And by the time she keep persisting on knocking the door, 
The man looked at it and said, Kai, I better stand up, otherwise this one keep troubling me. If an unrighteous judge like that kind of man could understand the compelling from a widow who does not even have a backing, not to even talk of you, that have the backing of Christ and have the fullness of who Christ is. See, God always responds to faith. Or another person also we can see is the one in which we shared on last week Thursday. The woman, the faith, I call her the faith of the Canaanite woman. That was the woman who believed that, see, I understand that crumbs belongs to dog. But I know that I can put possibility with my crumbs. I know that I can put possibility. And the Bible makes us to understand the book of Matthew chapter 15. From verse 21 to verse 28. When the woman pulled the faith response, the crumbs of her faith. All of a sudden we can see that even Jesus attests to it. He said, for, your, he said, for, for this saying, your daughter shall be made whole. For this saying. See, your faith that you carry on the inside should be saying something. It should be saying the future you want to see. Stop allowing your fear to be telling you your now. Use your faith to see your future. Use your faith to imagine the thing God has made for you. Use your faith to imagine the possibility. Use your faith to imagine the cars that God has given you. Use your faith to imagine the house. Use your faith to imagine the husband. To imagine that wife. To imagine that company grow. Your faith always see. And your faith always say. And your faith always take action. I'll repeat again. Your faith always see. Your faith always say, and your faith always take action. The woman says, even the dog will also eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And God had no respect. God had no, if I if you want to say it in my country, God's hand was paralyzed. His hand was paralyzed to the point that he had to release it. Because why? Faith always pulls a response from God. No matter how it is, faith pulls a response from God. We can also see that with the woman with the issue of blood. In the book of Luke chapter 8, from verse 40 to verse 48. When the woman of the issue of blood, I mean the woman with the issue of blood, when she pulled her faith, God had no, see, for the fact that the woman, even they want to call it that the woman still the thing, but at least her faith was able to steal a miracle. Can your faith actually steal a miracle this morning? As you are listening to me, there is a grace that is available this morning service. Can your faith steal that very particular miracle? Can your faith take hold of what belongs to you? Can you say, no, this kind of faith in which I have, the grace possibility, I pull my miracle babies, I pull my health, I pull my career, I touch my faith, I think your faith will be able to pull possibility. The Bible makes us to understand the book of Acts of the Apostles. I mean the book of John. The Bible makes us to understand that as Jesus was ministering, he perceived that there was the power, there was the faith in the house for miracle to happen. He perceived that. So which means faith can be felt. It can be felt. Jesus was preaching but yet you could perceive that there is faith in the house. This morning I decree upon everyone this morning that as your faith begins to come alive as my voice is being roared before you this morning everything that you need to take hold from this service I release it to you in the name of Jesus. Everything that you are imagining, everything that you are currently conceiving, everything that you are currently thinking I release it to you this morning in the name of Jesus. My dear faith can be perceived. Faith can be perceived. The Bible makes us to understand, and he perceived that the faith of the people was grown enough for him to. And no wonder everywhere Jesus go, he was willing to do miracle. And we can see with majority of those things, anytime he meets anybody, he said, do you believe that that can be made hold? Say, yes, I believe. Yes, I believe. The faith life of which we live is always a yes, I believe faith. No matter how it looks like, the doctor may tell you something. Yes, I believe that I am healed. The doctor may tell you that it is not possible. Yes, I believe that it is possible. That's why for me, I said something. I think I said it even on the post of this very particular streaming you are watching currently. I said it is only, funny that my wife was even, she actually helped me not, not to be very raw. 
But the only place where impossibility can found, it can be found in the life of a man that has not been able to pull their faith. See, when it comes to us believers, we don't have that word called impossibility. Impossibility is not in your Bible. So where did you get that very particular thinking from? My dear, I want you to understand this. That faith won't let go until the expected desire is manifested. That's the thing about faith. It will not let go until the expected desire it is manifested. And also one of the things I want you to understand is the fact that by redemption, we belong to the tribe of Judah. We belong to the tribe of Judah. And what is the tribe of Judah? Let's look at what the tribe of Judah is. So that we can then begin to now pull the possibility therein. As I begin to shift into the point this morning. So that we can then begin to, to appropriate. And I want us to take time for us to be able to pull some certainty. Because why? I know too well. I received it from heaven concerning everyone this morning streaming. That there is a name and a package which your name will need to be delivered to you. But it will only take your faith to lay hold on that very particular thing. Genesis chapter 49 from verse 8 to verse 12. Genesis 49 from verse 8 to verse 12. I know too well that God is about to route some sudden miracle for somebody this morning that I know that before this December come to an end, you would actually have your own Christmas benefit from heaven in the name of Jesus. Genesis chapter 49 from verse 8 to verse 12. The Bible there says, it says, Judah, it said, thou, ye whom thy brethren shall praise, he said, thy hand shall be in the neck of thy enemy. <laughs> he said, thy father's children shall bow before thee. He said, Judah is a lion's whip. He said, from the prey, my son, thou had gone up. He said, he stood down. He caught, I mean, he couched as a lion and as an old lion who shall rouse him. Now, in verse 10 says, he said, the scepter shall not depart from Judah, which is the ability for Judah to pull possibility. The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor the lawgiver from between his feet. He said, until Shiloh comes, and until him shall the gathering of the people be. He said, bringing his fowl unto the vine, and his ass coat unto the choice vine. He washed his garment in wine, and his clothes in the blood of grapes. And in verse 12 now says, he says, his eyes shall be red with wine, and his teeth white with milk. His eyes shall be red with wine. What is this saying? That when Judah get to that very particular point where his faith is now like a drunken man, his eyes is not operating with the visible. His eyes is operating with the invisible. He said he shall go up and lay hold. He said his hand shall be on the neck of the enemy. He will be able to rout possibility. And we can say in the Bible, the Bible says that Jesus has become the lion of the tribe of Judah. And if Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah, that same Jesus, he said in the book of Hebrews chapter 2 from verse 11, he said for both he that sanctified and they who are sanctified, he said all of one, he said for we he said for, he said, for in which he has, is not ashamed to call us his brethren, if Jesus has called us his brethren, which means if Jesus is a lion and he says we are both seated with him, the fullness of him rested in you bodily, now imagine you that you are also a lion have you ever seen a lion being intimidated by a tiger? Have you ever seen a lion being intimidated by an ant? Have you ever seen a lion being intimidated just because one, one, one elephant is doing whoo at the back and the lion is now running? How come when that very particular thing comes into your life, you chickened out? 
Why? Because you are not awakened to the understanding that you are a lion, the tribe of Judah. You are of the tribe of God where you come from. Lion don't run when the sound is made. Lion wait and see how the sound looks like and calculate in his head how to deal with it. The same way here the Bible says in the, in the scripture we just read. He says here, he said, Judah is a lion's whip. He said, from the prey, my son, he said, thou shalt go up. He said, he will stoop up and he will couch as a lion. And this is the thing I like about it. He said, thy hand shall be in the neck of thy enemies. Anything that is not making you to enjoy your rested life, the faith for you to be able to put your hand in the neck of your enemy, that grace has been given to you. That faith is already on the inside. It's already on your inside. The ability to put your hand on the neck of your enemy. Your finances speaking in tongues that you don't understand. Keep your finance, that voice quiet on your finance. Lay hold on the benefit of what is meant for me to be able to wrap my possibility. You are a lion. See, a Nigeria used to say, he said, a monkey cannot give birth to a goat. And so because of that, you are of the God class. And because you are of the God class, there is no way you will be able to operate in, the, in, the, in a low life class. Because why? Your father is God. Your father is God. And if your father is God, is the king, no wonder he calls the king of kings. He's called the Lord of Lords. So which means if he's the king, you are a king. If he's the Lord, you are a Lord. And so because of that, your dominion mandate, ability to route your rested life, it will only come from you understanding the tribe of where you come out from. Whether we like it or not, every one of us on planet Earth belongs to a particular tribe. But this is the thing I want to say to every believer. We belong to the tribe of the Lion of Judah, where we are bold and we are not afraid. Regardless of what is happening, we engage life as if there is nothing that is troubling us. Because why? We understand the tribe on which we belong. My dear sisters and brothers, this morning, I want you to understand something. That every believer has a lion in him or her. Every believer. Every believer. Proverbs chapter 30 verse 30, the Bible says, he said, a lion which is strongest among the beasts and turn not away from any, so are you. A lion which is strongest among the beasts. You are a lion looking at me currently. Imagine a lion and there's a goat doing a party. Imagine a lion sitting down watching 27 goats having a buffet and a party at the table and the lion is hungry. The lion will not bother to think, see, <laughs> the lion will not bother to start contemplating, should I eat grass? The lion is looking at 21 people sitting there having a party that he needs to eat them all in one space. The same thing also applies to you. You are looking at your prosperity. You are looking at your health. You are looking at your business growing. You are looking at your finances increasing. You are looking at everything, but yet you are sitting down like a couch potato, not as the lion in which you are. For you to say, I refuse the devil to be having buffet on my head. Ability for me to row and to take all that belongs to me. I pray for someone this morning that the possibility that the grace carry, you will lay hold on it this morning in the name of Jesus. What else again? Let's begin to swim. What else again we want to call about faith in the book of First Timothy chapter 3 verse 9. First Timothy 3 verse 9. Remember I told you at the beginning that faith is a mystery? It is not a theory. First Timothy chapter 3 verse 9. It says, hold in the mysteries of faith in pure conscience. Now we want to look what are the pure conscience we need to be able to hold. Because the Bible makes us to understand that faith is a mystery. It is an invisible force that carries a manifestation on earth. Faith is an invisible force that carries a manifestation on earth. So what are the pure conscience that we need to engage in? To be able to lay hold on this very particular faith. And my dear sisters and brothers this morning. As we are about to enter into this very particular thing. I want you to understand this. That the fullness of who God is. Will begin to make manifest for you. This remaining 32 days of this month. I mean of this year in the name of Jesus. Why do we need a violent faith? 
because some of you guys don't understand that we need some certain things and why do we need to be violent why do we need to be violent in pulling the possibilities that god has for us why because until you know the why you will not be able to apply the faith therein why do we need that before i give you the point why do we need it i want you to understand this in the book of first corinthians chapter 16 verse 9 he said a great door is open unto me but there are many adversaries a great door is open unto me but there are many adversaries a great door is open unto me there are many adversaries a great business is open unto me there are many wicked people that refuse me to go into that business a great health is open unto me there are many devil that is saying i cannot get into there my dear sisters i want you to understand this that the reason number one why we need a violent faith is the fact that there is a giant in every man's promised land every man's promised land carries a giant I don't care how spiritual you are. The battle you are currently going through right now is because there is a giant occupying that very particular place. Everything that you want to enjoy in life, if you are not enjoying it, if there is something in which you are seeing that you like, when I mean seeing that you like, I hope you are not liking somebody else's husband or wife. If that's what you are liking, you are a witchcraft. Change your mind. But if you know that you want to get married and you see yourself gainfully married, as far as you can see, there's a giant that is fighting that very particular thing not to happen. You are currently married and all of a sudden, there is an attack in your marriage. There is a giant that is fighting it. Everyone has a giant trying to contend with the promise of God for their life. We can also see that in the book of Numbers chapter 13, from verse 25 to verse 33. The Bible makes us to understand here. He said, he told them, um, what he called, the Lord said to, to Joshua to tell the people. He said, tell the people that they should go and get the land. That the land is well able for them to be able to take it. He said, but they will contend with the Amorites and the people who are occupying it. See, no land is no land is vacant. No land is vacant. There is always an occupant in that very particular thing. What is again that I want you to understand here? Number two is the fact that there will always be a Red Sea to cross to your promised land. There will always. Why is faith needed? There will always be. And this is the thing I want you to settle on your inside. That as far as we're on this realm, my dear see, we will always have a red sea to cross. But this is the thing that I want you to understand. That the man who are called the Bible for your life that God has given you. When you find a red sea, have you located what happened in that very particular story of a red sea? The Bible says, and by the faith of Moses. Faces do, Moses did not chicken out of it. He was able to stretch his faith by stretching the rod, which is the word of God, on that very particular red sea. And the red sea parted. I pray for someone this morning. Every red sea that is currently holding you bound shall be broken off in the name of Jesus. Every red sea that is standing in front of you, making you not to cross to the other side. I stretch the rod of faith this morning. I patch the red sea for you in the name of Jesus. There will always be red sea into your promised land. You can find the story in the book of Exodus chapter 13 from verse 1 to verse 18. And also, what else again do we need faith for? Is the fact that you may also pass through fires and barriers in your way. You may also pass through fire. We see that in the book of Isaiah chapter 43 verse 2. He says, and I like that very particular scripture so much, I'm going to read it. He said, you may also pass through fire and pass through barriers. You may also pass through that. Now this is the thing where the Bible makes us to understand in Isaiah chapter 43 verse 2. He said, when thou passest through the waters. <laughs> when thou passest through, you know, he didn't say when, he didn't say if you pass. He said, when? Because there is a possibility. If I know possibility, there is a 100% guarantee that you will pass through. He said, when thou passest through the waters, 
He said, I will be with thee. When thou go through the rivers, it shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through fire, it shall not be burned. He said, neither shall any flame kindle upon thee. Because why? He's making you to understand that scripture. He didn't say, if thou. He said, when thou. Because why? You will pass through it. I need somebody to understand this morning. If all I can do this morning is to pump your faith, to understand that the same problem you're currently going through, that is a passing through for you this morning. <laughs> Whatever you are currently going through, that is a passing through. You will pass through it and you will come out with your testimony in the name of Jesus. He said, when thou pass it through, when thou pass it through, when thou pass it through, which means the ability for you to pass through it, it's only bedded on the faith that you are about to pull this morning. What is again is the characteristics we need to understand? I mean, sorry, what is again we need faith for? Is the fact that the enemy will always resist God's plan for your life. The enemy will always want to resist God's plan. God has said to you that you are an evangelist to start the ministry. God has said to you to start the business. God has said to you for you to be a mother of many nations. But yet there is a force that the devil is constantly sending. Because why? The devil knows that if he can allow you to go through what God has for you, that his business on planet Earth, would actually be short-lived because he knows too well that you carry the force of God. Now, what is the characteristics or problem? Now, I put it here. I said the characteristics of the invisible faith. Remember this morning, we're talking about the invisible. If we're talking about ability for us to operate the invisible for our manifestation, operating the invisible for our expectation, operating the invisible for us to lay hold on the things that we want to carry. What else again, I want you to understand. What are the characteristics this morning? I know that last week I gave some of the characteristics. This morning also I'm giving different kind of characteristics. So that as you begin to engage December, some of you need to arrange your faith this very particular December for what God has for you for 2021. Some of you need to hold some certain possibility this morning that by the time you get into 2021, you don't then need to now be trying to walk your faith in 2021. You've already cleared it now, this very particular remaining part of the year. And when you get in there, you just begin to take you begin to take, you begin to take, you begin to take your child, you begin to take your health, you begin to take the job. And people are wondering what is going on. Say, don't worry. You think that I'm going to be able to, you mean, you think that I planned this very particular one this year? No, watch me plan the last year. Because why? There is a characteristic that you need to carry to be able to pull the invisible faith. What is it, number one here? I said it's a fact that, number one, it is a spiritual resolute and unbending, unyielding. It is spiritually resolute, unbending, unyielding and never giving up on any revealed truth. It is a spiritual resolute unbending, unyielding assertive and never giving up on any revealed truth. What is it saying? If I perish, I perish. That's what the faith, the characteristic says. It is unbending. You are not moved. You are not shaking. You are not confused. You are not tired. It is unbending. It is unyielding. Regardless of the pressures of life, you are not, you are not yielding to anything. They said to you that it's not possible. You look at them and they say, who said so? I remember somebody was, um, I think somebody was asking me the other day, that no, pastor, I see the kind of faith in which you are writing some certain thing, but why don't you do one, two, and three? I said, who said so? The God who called me will be able to provide for it. And I still rested. And indeed, the God provide. Because why? It is unyielding. You are not going to compromise your place. You are not going to compromise that very particular thing. They've said to you that you carry business. You carry the possibility of starting that business. But yet, they are trying to tell you that why don't you change this very particular point? It is unyielding. It is unbending. And it is resolute. It is unyielding. It is unbending. And it is resolute. Whereas again, it is the characteristics of an invisible faith. Is the fact that number two, it makes you confidently restful. It makes you confidently restful. It makes you confidently restful. 
You are restful, you are not bothered. You are restful, you are not shaken. You are restful, you are not confused. You are restful, you, even in the storm of life, you are peaceful. It makes you confidently restful like a lion. Have you ever seen a lion being confused simply because a goat is doing a breakdance in his front? Have you ever seen a lion worried because chickens are doing No, you are confidently restful. That is what the faith, the invisible faith does. You are com- when we see your when we see your restful, confident state, we then understand that no, you have laid hold. We then understand that this is an evidence that you currently have. It, it makes you confidently restful. What else again it does for you is the fact that number three, that you 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 stay at a violent posture. Your posture is violent, whereby you will refuse every works of the devil. Your posture is violent. Your posture is violent. Every time you are looking to attack, every time you are looking to attack, like the passage which I read in the book of Genesis chapter 49, every time you are willing to attack, the Bible says Genesis chapter 49 verse 9, he says the lion, I mean, Judah is a lion. He said, from the prey, my son, he said, thou had gone up. You are willing to attack. Which means your posture, your, your posture is, your posture, your posture is just violent all the time. When you see anything that is not working, you want to attack. Your, your violent posture, that is what the nature is. Number four, there is a the fact. It goes on the offense and it hands, and it is not hanging around. It goes on the offense. It goes on the offense. It goes on the offense. When you look at some certain things that's not working in your life, you quickly attack it. I refuse this very particular sickness. I refuse this pain. I re- you don't wait to call your pastor. You stand and you refuse that very particular thing. Because why? This very particular nature of the, the characteristics of the invisible faith, it goes on the offense. You don't wait for the problem to come. You attack the problem when you are seeing it coming. Because why? Your eyes is now beginning to see that something is coming somewhere. Because why? You have the descending spirit. You know that there is a devil that is about to come from my marriage. There is a devil coming from my health. There is a devil coming from my business. You go quickly you attack it because why this nature of this faith we're talking about it goes on the offense and i pray this morning that these characteristics as we talk about it your eyes will be able to see and be able to pull that possibility in the name of jesus one of the things also i want you to understand here as we begin to look at the points before we bring this very particular service to a close as we begin to look at some of the interesting points that has made all things available for you and i is the fact that this hear me and hear me well (laughs) for you to understand this I'll give you two examples in the scripture. One of them is called Simon. I mean, Peter, sorry. Peter, when Peter got to a particular point, when somebody was trying to make his ministry of no reputation, Peter got angry. He told Simon, the sorcerer's guy, he said, come, you guy, he said, your money perish with you. See, you see, see the reason why sometimes we see it as, 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 as a church, and for me, when I look at it, it pains me a lot. I remember, I think it was a few days ago. I, I, I can't, no, it can't be a few days ago. I think it was three days ago, if I'm not mistaken. Myself and my wife, we went to a particular store because we are planning for next year for us to be able to open the, what's called open, open, um, the church. And so we went to that very particular place for us to go look at some certain equipment and stuff for us to be able to see what we can be able to get lay hold so that you guys can have a wonderful service for, for January. Now, this is the thing then. When this very particular young man we met, I don't want to mention the name of the guy because I know his name very well and the place in which we were. He was talking about what the church can pull off and how with the church we've now become a couch potatoes. And I said to the guy, I said, see, I know that, yes, the church may not be able to operate in the fullness of what we want to operate, but what God still creates men like my kind who are coming to rewrite the narratives. And I know there are some of you this morning that are looking up to me. I mean, that are looking at me this moment. God wants to rewrite the narratives of the church. But the question that God asked me to ask you this morning, are you part of the 
people that he's going to use to rewrite the narratives. Or you will sit down there, watch other people do it, sit behind the scene and blame them for and blame them for the result they are pulling. He said some certain things that is very, very in fact, I don't I don't even know how to even arrange the word to say to you. And those are the realities that even me as pastor, I am seeing it. Coming from somebody who's not a pastor. But yet we are sitting down watching the devil trying to play games with us in the church. That will not be your portion in the name of Jesus. I decree that every platform member, you all will fulfill God's plan. You will be the celebrity in Christ. And I, your pastor and God, will be proud of you in the name of Jesus. I refuse to raise people who will sit and allow the church be insulted. The church need to get into the place of marketing. The church need to get into the place of business. The church need to get into the place of politics. The church need to get into the place of all the seven influences of the mountains in which we currently know that exist. The church was born to do that. You can find that in the book of Isaiah. He says, for the government shall be upon his shoulder. When he talks about the government, he talks about the system and the mountain. Shall be upon his shoulder. Can we boldly look according to the faith we are pulling now? Can we say that indeed the government is upon the shoulders of Christ? Or we are looking at the world system to rewrite the church system. I pray that that devil that has made us to sit comfortably just simply because we have 5,000 members. I pray that devil is broken off our neck in the name of Jesus. Let's begin to look at some of the points this morning. As we begin to begin to bring our thought to a close. And this is the thing I want to say here as we begin to look at our point. So that you can then understand what makes the invisible. The force, the, the operating the invisible for your expectation. How do you need to operate that invisible? Because these points I'm bringing on the table, they are stuff that are invisible, but they are very existing. The problem is the fact that your mind has not been able to comprehend that reality to lay hold on it. There's, there's this very particular thing here. One of the examples I want to give. No matter how beautiful a car is, without a fuel in that very particular car, I promise you that car is going nowhere. No matter how beautiful the car is, it takes fuel for the car. And in fact, when you look at a car, it takes fuel, it takes good engine, takes the braking system, take, there's a lot of things that they find. No, even, I think now currently now there's an electric car, those electric cars and stuff. No matter how the electric car does not need fuel, you still need that very particular battery to be charged. So this morning, I'm about to give you some certain points that can charge your faith. If maybe you are using hybrid cars, those electric cars, or maybe for you, you are still on a manual car, whereby you need fuel in it. I'm giving you the fuel that can make your faith see the invisible, Pull the invisible to make it your expectation and lay hold of it. And I pray this morning your eyes will be able to see all these points in the name of Jesus. What are the things that we need to see? The point number one here. I said the invisible force, number one, is the word of God. The invisible force, number one, is the word of God. The word of God in your mouth is what guarantees the freedom in your life. I'll repeat it again. The word of God in your mouth. The word of God you constantly declare. The word of God you constantly say. It is what that guarantees your freedom on it. My dear, the word is speaking. When I mean the world, I'm talking about the earthly world, which is W-O-R-L-D. The world is speaking to you. What are you speaking to the world back? The world is telling you that it is not possible. What are you saying to the world back? That's why I said the word of God in your mouth is what guarantees your freedom. We can see that in the book of Isaiah chapter 55. I'm going to read this one. Isaiah chapter 55 from verse 1 and verse 11. Isaiah 55 from verse 1 and verse 11. The Bible here says, he says, Ho, everyone that tasted, he said, come to the water, and he that had no money, come ye, buy and eat. 
Yea, come buy wine and without, I mean wine and milk, without money or without price. Verse 11, he says, So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish all in which I have sent it unto. And he says, In it, it shall prosper to the place I sent it to. My question to you this morning, not very particular, what word of God do you have in your mouth? Jesus, the person of Jesus, God in his fullness have sent the word, the person of Jesus. The person came dwell among us in the book of John chapter 1. We see he dwelt among us, the living word dwelt among us. Now it was not encrypted in the Bible given to you. Have you located the word for your destiny? Have you located the word for that very particular thing you are desiring? The expectation in which you want. See, the word of God to you. The reason why I say number one, the word of God. Because that's the bedrock of every other point that I'm going to put on the table. The word of God in your mouth is what guarantees your freedom. The word of God in your mouth is what guarantees your rested life. The word of God in your mouth is what guarantees your happiness. The word of God in your life is what guarantees every fruitfulness that you desire. The word of God. The Bible says in the book of Psalm chapter 119 from verse 105. He said the word is a lamp for my feet and is a light unto my path. The word is a lamp for my feet. Do you have the word of God in your path? Do you have the word of God that directs your path? All of a sudden you want to make a decision. The first thing you do is to go and consult somebody that's not even a Christian. Have you settled down with the word of God and asked God, what is the word saying concerning my marriage? What is the word saying concerning my health? What is the word saying concerning my business? This very particular lack that I'm experiencing, what is the word of God saying? It is an invisible force that can compel the expectations in which you want. The word of God. The word of God. The word of God. The word of God. I want you to settle it down on your inside. The word of God. There are many of you as I'm talking, even this year, you've not even been able to open one chapter of the Bible for you to read it. And yet you want to pull some certain mysteries. That's why you are currently walking around about a circle without you taking hold of what God has given you. Because why? You are constantly, see, you only browse through that very particular, even that very particular one verse you read you browse through it the word of god psalm 119 verse 105 he said the word of god is a lamp for my feet and is a light to my path do you know what that means which means no matter the decisions i want to take no matter the step i want to take if it is not written in the word of god i have no business doing it i once said something based on the revelation of knowledge god has blessed me with i say if god cannot do it for platform church let my hand not be able to go and compel it to make it happen if God cannot do it for Platform Church, I refuse to go and use my own strength to make it happen. Because why? I know too well that faithful is it that calls me. Who also would do it? And so if, he has not, if he's not going to give me now, I have no business worrying about it. No business. I remember, I think a few days ago, as we were planning concerning what's it called? Opening the church. Come, I'm, I'm opening the church, the doors of the church next month. Next month? No, we are in, we are in November. Sorry. Two months from now, which is January. One of the things there, we were looking at how to get some certain things. And I said to my wife, I said, babe, we are arrested life church. If God will not be able to give us between now and that very particular time, then it's okay. God called me to preach the gospel, not play the drums. And I remember saying to one of my pastors, the guy was laughing. I said, yes, he called me to preach the gospel, not play the drums. If it has been a burden for you, for you to say, no, our church cannot open the door in January. Because why you know that the word of God is alive in your life. Our church cannot open and you are like, no, but pastor, what do we need to make that January a reality? But now that's your, my own is to preach. Your own is to look. The Bible says, write the vision, make it plain. The vision of it is called the rested life. Every other thing that needs to happen, it's now you and me. It is our commission. God just called me to be positioned as the lead pastor. When my time on earth is over, I will go and you will run the church. That's why I never said it is my church. I never. 
I know too well that this is God's church. He said, I will build my church. And so because of that, I still rested in the word of God. That he will build his church. And when I put my faith in that part, that the word of God said he will build his church, I still rest. No matter the trouble everybody is having, I don't have it. You don't understand. My wife cannot let me. I sleep like a baby. Without stress in my head, I sleep. I'm not saying I don't think. And when I'm talking about think, I'm talking about strategic thinking. That is what I do. I don't sit down. My wife is a witness. I don't sit down and begin to worry, have a day, begin to think here, think here. I stay rested. If it, God cannot do it, I have no business for me to go and find a way of doing it. Because why? He's his church. I'm just a privileged servant. I was nominated by grace for me to be here. And so because of that, faithful is it that called me. Who also would do it? What word do you have for your life? What word do you have for your destiny? What word do you have for your children? What word do you even have for this very particular next month that we're going into? What word do you have? Have you been able to take time for you to sit down and study the word for January? I mean, for 2021. Some of you are waiting to get into 2021 before you start praying. Pray your 2021 now. Pray your 2021 this season. And by God's grace, this, what's it called? The prayer and fasting we're doing from next month. We will be engaging some certain mysteries that I know too well that there's no way. 2021, all of you will enter operating with rest like a celebrity. That becomes your portion in the name of Jesus. The word of God. The word of God. And also when it comes about the word of God, the word of God has levels. There are levels of the word of God. There are levels you need to understand. And I'll be quickly, I'll mention those very particular levels. You find yourself. <laughs> those levels, you will find yourself in the levels. If you know that the levels fit you and you want to shift on that level. Because every level you have with the word of God determines what you pull from that level. Every level that you are currently in, in the word of God. In the word of God, not ability for you to just read the information. The revelational knowledge that backs that word. Your current level you are now is the product of the word that is on your inside. Your current level. I remember one very particular servant of God that I respect so much. I want to respect so much in Nigeria. He once said something that really blessed my heart. He said, no matter how you try to force yourself to some certain levels, if you get there to that level because you've not been able to form a fortitude for that very particular level, the level will repel you back to the original level where you are. For example, you will see guys, I'll give you a big example. Guys who managed to score points with Lotto, Boza, Milonia. Even start as I said it in less than six months, they go broke to the original state where they are because why they're 42 to manage the million, they've not been able to build it, and so because of that, there is no spiritual cost anywhere. That level will reject them, they will come back to the original level where they are. I pray for you this morning that the ability to build your capacity to pull the invisible from your inside out to lay hold on your manifestation release upon you right now in the name of Jesus. We have the grace to do that. What else? Let's see. Number one, number eight points here, when it comes to the issue of the word of God, we have what we call the water level. Water level. These are people for me, for me, anybody who's on water level, you just, that you gave your life to Christ this morning. Yeah. Water level are for those who just gave their life to Christ this morning. When I mean this, but like just, okay, maybe if you, let me try to be even political. You gave your life to Christ this month. Water level. Because why? You can find that in the book of Isaiah chapter 55 from verse one. It says, all ye that tested, come to the water. Boza, which means there is a water level of the world. You just want something to don't drink to just quench your pain. But when it comes to some sight intervention for you to be able to pull into, that water level cannot take you there. The water level of the world. The water level of the world. Where, you see, water level are those ones whereby they've not even opened their Bible at all. Now, those are water level. They hear the pastor preach. Powerful message. Oh, mama, what was the message today? Oh, you don't understand. No, let's say, for example, mama calls you. What was the service message today? Oh, you don't understand. Papa preached very heavily. 
or pastor preach very great, or bishop preach very nice, or the pope preach very powerful. What is the title? We're asking you the title. You are telling us the, 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 the powerful message. You do not even remember. As a matter of fact, majority of the things here, one of the things with us as platform church, you cannot come to the church without a pen and a paper because your brain can only capture 15 minutes of the message I've preached thus far. And trust me, if I'm not mistaken, I've, almost, I'm, I've, I've preached for more than 45 minutes at this moment. Your brain can only capture 15 minutes, the remaining 45 minutes out of your life. The water level. Are you a water level? Now let's look at the next one. The milk level. The milk level. There's the milk level. Now if you look at babies, for instance, do you know that when a baby is born, the first thing that a baby is born, for those of you who have children, stuff, you can see that very particular one, and those of you who have Googled, because some of us we Googled, yeah, that are the Googled, that are the Googled parents, that are the parents by they are real parents, and they are the imaginary, what you call parents. So we are in the Google level, because yes, we are expecting our, our babies, and so we are Googling, so that we know what's happening. So when they come, we don't then get shocked. But do you notice something about babies? When a baby is born, the first thing you do, you don't give a baby pap. It's impossible. You will kill the baby. The first thing you do, probably, you try to just give the baby water. And if you even, if, if I even the water, it takes some time. You give them milk, breast milk. There are some certain people in the body of Christ. Your word knowledge is on a milk level. You are like a baby that was just born. Milk level. We can see that in the book of First Peter chapter 2, verse 2. First Peter 2, 2. It says, as a newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word. Do you notice what he said? As a newborn babes. Some of you have been in the church for more than 10 years. More than five years, more than three years, yet you are still desiring the milk of a baby. He said, as a newborn babes, desire the milk of the world that ye may grow thereby. So which means after you take the milk, you are supposed to grow. You are not supposed to remain in the milk forever. You are supposed to grow. You are supposed to grow. You are supposed to grow. The reason why your pastor can pray and somebody for example, in, in Lampedusa will get healing, it is not because he is still staying on the milk. He has grown to a certain level where his hunger and his velocity, his violence in the things of God is not on the milk level. He grows that very particular faith that was given to him. We can also see another point again is the fact that there are those that are sitting at the meat level. There are meat level people. Hebrews chapter 13 from verse 9. Hebrews 13 verse 9. He says, be not carried about with divers and strange doctrines. He said, for it is good thing that the heart be established with grace, not with meat that have not profited them that had been occupied therein. When he's talking about this very particular thing, he's talking about the doctrines. He's talking about the teachings. There are some of you, whereby there are some certain teachings we cannot even teach you now. Because when we teach you your, your, your meat in which, the meat in which you are eating is the one that they have to grind. You know that some certain meat you grind for babies to eat. They grind the meat. Now this is talking about doctrines. If every messages that come and you get confused, you are still at a, at a grinding meat level. You know how you introduce meat to babies? That's how it is. The source on that level is what I call the strong meat. The strong meat. The strong meat. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 14. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 14. He says now, he said, but strong meat belongs to them. Allah shabratata. He said, but strong meat belongs to them that are full of age. And even those who by reason of the use of their senses exercise to discern what is good and what is evil. The only people that can discern what is good and evil are those who are eating strong meat. Those who are eating strong meat. Whereby they are not worried about different kinds of doctrines. They, has, they are balanced. They are full of age. They know too well that you see this very particular thing. I cannot be moved. Regardless of what is happening in the body of Christ. Regardless of the charlatans that are currently happening. I cannot be moved. Why? They are eating strong meat. 
I feel like cracking this very particular joke because my wife does that all the time. And sometimes I'd wonder, I'm like, yo, I was even cracking joke to her, like, baby, say, so you don't understand, ne? You need to find a puppy in this house. My wife has the grace of cracking bones. And I'm thinking in my mind, like, what the hell? It's her energy. I don't have that energy. Mommy, I, by the time I eat, I remove those things. You know, I just want to eat the meat. That doesn't mean that your pastor is on the, is on the meat part. Yeah, you don't understand. I'm on the wine level. <laughs> I just want to eat the meat and I'm fine. But because why? the ability to grind the bone, there are some of you, you need to get to that level of word with God. Your word understanding, you grind the bone. You sit down, you carry scriptures upon scriptures to back your reality of word. You cannot, if I ask you now, can you give me two scriptures regarding that very particular thing you are believing God for? Two! I'm not even saying give me five. Two scriptures regarding the thing that you are believing God for. Can you give me? It's talking about the meat level. The strong meat level. You have grind your mind. As you bring in Matthew, you bring in Mark, you bring in Revelation. You bring in, you join all together. You tell yourself, in the morning, I give you Matthew. In the afternoon, I give you Luke. In the evening, I give you Revelation. As I'm sleeping in the midnight, I give you Malachi. Because why? You have built a strong meat system of the word of God on your inside. We also have another version again. It's called the honey of the word. That's a honey level. Honey level. Proverbs chapter 24 verse 13. Proverbs 24 verse 13. The Bible here says. It says, my son, eat thou honey. <laughs> because it is good. Honey is just, you know, because honey, it has a healthy system. But can I shock you? No matter how that honey is, it can be sweet at a particular point in time. And when you take it for too long, a lot of people will tell you, there's a way you eat honey. If you abuse it, you will run stomach. You need to grow to the next level that I'm about to bring this morning. It is what I called the wine level of the word of God. Hakosha brata legedusa. The wine level. <laughs> As I'm talking like this, I'm imagining those days when I was still in the world. No, I was not a heavy drunkard, but I know there was a time I went to a party. Yo, I took first bottle. It was nice. I took second bottle at the half part. Already I was already seeing vision. I was seeing the dark cloud. I was seeing everything. I can't go beyond. That's why for me, I wonder when I hear people drink 10 bottles, I shock. How did you guys do it? Just by one, one bottle already, I noticed that, okay, my balance is shifting. But when you now take that very particular concept, you bring it to the word of God. There is a one level you get to. The one that Jesus was making us to understand the book of Isaiah chapter 55. He says here, he says, come, you that are thirsty, for those who want to drink water, that is water. For those who want money, he said, come buy. He said, come buy wine. So that is a place you get to where by your wine level, you are drunk with the word of God. You don't see anything that is happening. Do you notice something about those people who are drunk with the word of God? No matter what you tell them, they tell you that it is not possible. It's not for me. I, I, I say you are sick, not me. And you are wanting, but you are sick, not me. And you are wanting, are you mad? I'm not mad, but I'm not just sick. You are the one that is sick. Have you ever seen a madman? A madman that is, that is drunk or that has lost his mind. Have you ever, go, you go to meet a madman, ask a madman, you are mad. He tells you you are mad. Because in the world where he is, he is not mad. You are the one looking at him as mad. The same thing also applies to the wine level. When you get to that very particular wine level, you have drunk the strong one. You know those wine? I think those days, I tried to know this wine everything. It didn't work for me. I tried. Yo, I tried. Yo, yo. That's why for me, I tell people, please and please, I don't take wine. I make peace. That thing I tried, there was a time when I was still doing business in the world. I would go to some sign wine, winery tasty something. They call it winery taste or whatever. By the time I just, just by hanging around, this smell already. My eyes already looking as if I'm sleepy. Because why? It's not my word. I made peace. I quickly stopped that very particular thing. Yeah, your pastor was there before, so calm down. If God can make me who I am today, I am telling you that it is possible with you. I feel like praying for somebody this morning. You are, look, you are hooked on alcohol. 
You are hooked and you are trying to say you want to come out, but you don't know how to come out. I break that yoke off your neck in the name of Jesus. Every symptom, every hook on alcohol, every hook on alcohol that has rejected, that has subjugated you to the level where you are, I break that hold off your neck in the name of Jesus. There is a wine level of gain. The wine level whereby by the time you take the word of God, you take it the first one, take the second bottle, take the third bottle, you arrange your step and before you know what is going on, you take the fourth bottle, download the fifth bottle because you are carrying scriptures upon scriptures, backing things upon backing things. You are looking for what happened in Abraham, checking it if it corresponded with Paul, looking at it in the life of Peter, you look at it in Jesus and before you know what is going on, you are drunk in the things of God. Whereby the time they come and they tell you that, see, this cannot work. You, you don't even need to pray. Forget it, it can work. There's a certain thing my wife and I were believing at this moment. And I said to her, I said, Baby, it's not, for me, I don't, I don't really worry about it. It's not a worry. Because why? I cannot be serving God and yet yeah, that part will not be fulfilled. It was a, it's a settled done deal. He will do it and case closed for me. You, you get drunk in the wine level of God. You are where your eyes, like the Bible says in the book of, the book of Genesis in which you've just read, Genesis chapter 49, whereby your eyes are red. Or the devil sees you coming, they know this one don't go there. This one, you go there, you are mad, you are dead. The devil look at you because your eyes is red with the things of God's word. The devil know what, see, can I shock you? The devil know who to attack. The Bible says he's like a roaring lion looking for who to devour. So it, it is not everybody the devil can attack. And I pray for you this morning. Every attack of the devil thus far in your life, it has come to an end in the name of Jesus. The wine level make you violent. The wine level make your step, the kind of step in which you take. People look at you and they wonder, how did you do this? What are the things in which you are joining together? Because why? You are operating on the wine level. Now let's begin to go into our point number two. Because I need to quickly wrap up this very particular thing. Point number two. What is the invisible force that you need to engage in to be able to pull your expectation? It is what I call the invisible force of prayer. The invisible force of prayer. I choose to stay on the one, the point number one, the word of God, because that word of God is the foundation for everything. Everything. If there is no word of God in your life, you cannot be able to pray according to the will of God. You must be able to have the word settled on your inside for you to be able to pray the will of God. It is what you have on the inside. That is what you can pray out. It is what you have on the inside. That is what you can pray out. You are busy shouting, God bless me with a car. You are hitting your head on the wall, banging it, standing, jumping from mountains to mountains. Everybody has laid hand on your head to the point that your front hair, it has removed for a woman to the point that all your hairliner here has chopped off because they've laid hand, laid leg, pushed off. Because, see, the reason why all that is happening is because you have not settled down to find the word of God, to pray the word. You can only pray the word to the Father. God only understands the word. He understands the word when it comes to the issue of your life on earth. We can see that one in the book of Luke chapter 9. The invisible force of prayer. The invisible force of prayer. The invisible force of prayer. Luke chapter 9 verse 29. Two examples I'll give this very particular moment as we jump also on the point, on the point number three. The invisible force of prayer. This very particular Luke chapter 9 verse 29. The Bible says here, he said, as he was praying, he's talking about Jesus. As he was praying, he said, the appearance of his face changed. And his clothes become as white as, uh, become as bright and as a flashing, as a flash of lightning. As he was praying, the ability for him to pray the word. Mind, remember, he is the word. He is giving the word back to the father. 
all of a sudden his face changed, his countenance changed, he become as bright, which means why he was bombarded scriptures to scripture, relating all the possibility to God. Prayer changes things. The reason why you are currently sitting where you are sitting, you have not engaged the force, the invisible force of prayer with an understanding of your provision in the Bible. You have not engaged the visible force of prayer without understanding of the word of God. Engage that very particular part, the visible force of prayer. We can see also in the book of James chapter 5 verse 17. James 5 verse 17. The Bible here says, uh, it says, Elijah was a like nature like ours. I like how the scriptures say that. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, which means Elijah ate pap and shakalaka. Elijah was able to go to Kentucky Fried Chicken and McDonald's. Elijah was also able to go to ShopRite Checkers and Woolworth. He says, Elijah was a like nature of ours, which means he was not a spirit. He was a physical being like you. Now, this is a thing that was very interesting. He said he prayed earnestly. Not just a prayer whereby you do a login and log out. You go in around two, what's called? You go in around one minute past five and you leave there around two minutes past five. No. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain in the land for three years and six months. What kind of prayer is that? He prayed so well. He stopped the earth from raining for three years, six months. Have you been able to stop the running stomach in your body? Just running stomach. You've not been able. Elijah was a man like you. He prayed earnestly. He prayed with the confidence. He prayed with an understanding. He prayed with a revelation. He was able to stop a whole rain from falling. Imagine the poverty that guy, that, that guy brought into the earth. Three and a half years, he locked down this, he shut down heaven. Shut down heaven from raining. Another woman also we see her name is called Hannah. Hannah gets to the point in the book of First Samuel chapter 7, verse 13. Majority of you know the story there. The Bible says that Hannah gets to a particular point. She was praying to the point that all that the all the pastor can see was her lips. Anna was praying in the Holy Ghost. She was pushing and she was lambanoing. My expectation must come to pass. She was busy chanting God's word back to him. She was busy chanting because remember, this was a church woman who has been coming to church every time. But that day she chooses to say no. Enough is enough. I refuse to leave the house of God without me holding my son. And we can see that when she prayed herself into the reality, all of a sudden, by the voice of God upon the life of Eli, he prayed for him. Is he Eli or Elkanah? No, I think Eli, if I'm not mistaken, because his husband's name is Elkanah. And before, by, by, when, the, when the prophet released the grace, but this is the thing that was very powerful. The Bible said in that scripture that she was praying. People could not hear her voice, but her mouth was moving. She was rewriting the narratives in the spirit realm. Her, her eyes was gazing on her son that she wanted. She was looking at the possibility in heaven. And all she was doing was like, that is all the woman was doing. No wonder the following year she hold her son. I pray for someone this morning as you are about to engage the force of prayer. Everything that you need to hold concerning your expectation, you will lay hold on it in the name of Jesus. The Bible calls to understand also in the book of Romans chapter 8 verse 26. Romans 8 26. He said, likewise, the spirit also helpeth our infirmity. For we know not what we should pray as we ought to. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. The Spirit maketh intercession for us with groaning which cannot be uttered. See, an average believer, hear me and hear me well, an average believer should be able to speak in tongues unfailingly for one hour without even putting the name of Jesus attached to it. An average believer. And I'm talking about operating averagely. And imagine if every one of us can just pray in tongues for one hour. I'm talking about one hour. Funny enough, at the moment, we are struggling to pray 15 minutes. Now, I'm even talking about one hour. You're wondering, ha, 
There are times whereby by the time I go into the place of a secret place, I can be there for the next three, four hours. I've lost. Because why? I know that there are certain possibilities I'm routing. You think that by the time you don't come and say, Pastor, say this, I say it and everything. You think it was just by, 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 by just checking in and checking out. You pray your way. You pray your way. You pray your way. You pray your way. We can see also in the book of Jude chapter 1 verse 20. He said, but ye building up yourself in the most holy face. He said, praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the, See, you have been praying theor theoretical prayer. It is time to switch to the Holy Ghost. And for those of you who want to be baptized with the Holy Ghost this morning, we will pray for you regardless of where you are. The grace of God will hit you there and your tongue will be loosed and you will pray in the Holy Ghost. Paul the Apostle make us to understand. No wonder he was able to write to Todd of the New Testament. He says, everything in which I do, I pray with my understanding, but I pray in the Holy Ghost more than you all. Paul was even very boastful concerning the Holy Ghost praying. I pray the Holy Ghost more than you all. I, have you even finished praying normal prayer? And now, Pastor, you're even taking it to the Holy Ghost prayer. Pastor, calm down. Maybe that's the reason why things are down in your life. Because you keep saying, Pastor, calm down. You are taking this thing too far. I will take it too far because why? I want you to enter into rest. And I know that everything that is stopping you from entering into rest, you will enter into your resting place in the name of Jesus. Point number three. What is again is the invisible force. And for us to be able to lay hold on our expectation. Point number three. It is what I called the invisible force of praise and worship. <laughs> the invisible force of praise and worship. The invisible force of praise and worship. See, before you open your mouth to complain concerning that very particular thing you, do, you don't have. Have you taken out the time for you to open your mouth and praise God? And say, Lord, I thank you because you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Lord, I thank you because uh, you have made me to be alive this morning. Lord, I worship you because you are the King of kings. You are the Gonya Mayezulu. You are the Eleruike. You are the Obati. You are healing God regardless of your circumstances. That is what pulled the invisible force for your expectations. Your ability to praise God regardless of what is happening. The Bible calls to understand when it comes to Paul and Silas in the book of Acts of the Apostles chapter 16 from verse 25 to verse 34. They were in prison. Do you know the funny thing? Look at, you see, when you look at that very particular story, they were preaching God's message, got arrested, locked in the prison. They have right to complain to God. They have me. I will complain. I'm telling you, calm down. I will complain. But because of the understanding of who they are and what backs that very particular invisible force that can compel their expectation to come. The Bible says Paul and Silas, they pray. After praying, they fast. After fasting, I mean they sang. After singing, then the Holy Ghost came. Do you know the funny thing? When they pray, Holy Ghost did not show up. It is when they sang that the Holy Ghost show up. Some of you, you have been praying far too long. It is high time for you to switch into praise and worship. It is high time for you to open your mouth in your local dialect. Begin to hail that very particular God. Hail him in your language. Hail him in Kosa. Hail him in, what you call, in Sutu. Hail him in Indebele. Hail him in Yoruba. Hail him in Swahili. Hail him in Oromo language. Because why? it is in the place of praise and worship. That is when you can pull God's glory. He says, the Bible says, he said, God inhabits the praises of his children. Which means if you want God to step in your case, you want the invisible force of God to rest in that very particular thing that you are doing right now 
ability for you to get God to be in that place. Not where God will send his angel, him himself, to come down for you. You need to switch into the arrows of prayers. I mean, into the arrows of praise and worship. Whereby you open your mouth. You are not making any demands. You are looking at your body. Your body is sick. All of a sudden, doctor tells you that you have 24 hours to live. And you just look at the doctor and say, doctor, I hear you. There's no problem. I know what to do. That this very particular thing. That I cannot be sick and yet I'll bring a God in the sickness. So I know what to do. How to chase the sickness away. Because light and darkness cannot be in the same spot. And all of a sudden, you turn your back like Ezekiah. You look up to heaven and you say, Lord, I thank you because you are the king of kings. I appreciate you because I know that you are the one that makes everything. And nothing can make you you are the one that have all the health. Everything in this earth was created by you. You begin to mesmerize God with your words. The Bible says he dwells in the praises of his children. And all of a sudden, God comes down. And when he comes down, you are not asking him about your health. And he looks and he wonders, no, I can smell sickness here. And he chased away sickness. And he looks, I can smell poverty. He checks away poverty. And he looks, you know, I can smell because why? He has now come down from heaven for him to sit in your life. He now becomes the chairman, the gonyamayezuli of your life. And all of a sudden, he's now routing possibility. Simply because why? You have engaged the invisible force of praise and worship. I know somebody is saying to me, but pastor, we are not in church this morning. Oh, let me tell you what I do. Let me tell you what I do. My wife knows too well. I dance like a madman. I will look for beautiful music. Find them in YouTube. Play the song. So, funny enough, she knows I play the one from Yoruba. I dance and I sweat. Let me see the devil that will come and attack my health. Let me see the devil that said the church will not grow. Let me see the devil that said you will not get your healing. Because why? when I finish dance, see, I dance to the point that I go naked. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm like David. I dance, don't worry. We'll be coming back in January by God's grace. You will see your pastor dance. And I pray that God will give you a grace to dance more than me. I am a mad dancer for God. I can do anything dance just to make sure that heaven gets provoked. Because why? I am using my dance to praise God. I am using my voice. And as I'm saying it, and I'm, I am hailing him, that you are the Oba Wobao. Oba Oba in Yoruba means you are the king of kings. You are the lord of lords. All of a sudden, before I know what's going on, every burden that I carry, they begin to melt down. Before I know what is going on. This is the thing about praise and worship that people don't understand. It helps your eyes to see the invisible. And it compels God himself to come down. To make the invisible become visible. And it makes your expectation come to pass. Without even you mentioning one thing in the ears of God. Because why? That is a force that backs when it comes to worship and praise. I'm not talking about the ability for you to even just. The ability for you to even ask a request. No. You are just praising God. Father I thank you. Lord, you are too good. Lord, you are sweet. Lord, you are the most, you are the beloved husband. I know I love my husband, I love my wife. But Lord, you are sweeter than the sweetest. You're, you begin to mesmerize him. You begin to call him names. Call him flower, chingom, sweet, pump off, whatever. You are hailing him. He will leave heaven. Come. He will pause everybody because he needs to attend to your case. I pray this morning as you engage in the invisible force of praise and worship. You will begin to compel the miraculous powers of God upon your life in the name of Jesus. One of the things I want you to understand is this. Devil does not like people who praise and worship God. He does not. Because remember, that was his office when he was in heaven before. He has lost that very particular. So he will always want to attack the ability for you to praise God. And I pray this morning as, as you engage on that force, regardless of the pain that you are currently going through, you will see God come true for you in the name of Jesus. What else again is the invisible force? The invisible force. Number four is called the invisible force of the anointing from men of God. 
the invisible force, for lack of a better word, I use the word, the invisible force of the anointing on the prophet of the house. The invisible force. My dear, there is a great, men are carriers of God's grace. Men are custodians of God's mystery. Men carry God's intelligence. The ability for you to locate the one that matters to your destiny. The ability for you to agree with the one. Imagine after Hannah has finished praying. And all of a sudden, Heli came and Heli says, go, for your baby is done. And that was all Anna needed from Heli. And boom, she went in that understanding, with that revelation, and she took hold of it. The Bible says in the book of Acts chapter 10, verse 38, it says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed. Jesus was a man that was releasing anointing. The same way also the person who God has put upon your life as a covering carries the grace for you to be able to run possibility. The invisible force of the anointing. Ability for you to locate the anointing that you want to submit to. Ability for you to locate the one that God has called for you. The problem with us is the fact that the thing that's supposed to bless us is what we are causing. The thing that's supposed to be our shortcut to possibility. That's why I said to people, I say Christianity is the sweetest, if, they, if I have to put it as a religion, is the sweetest religion that you can predict the end before even the beginning begins. Because you know what to do here and you know what the outcome is here. It is, you know what to do. There are some certain very particular guys I know in Nigeria. Those guys, they said it to me, they said, Pastor, I see your case. If I with some of the members, even the platform church, the ones who are currently now working behind the scene. Say, man of God, we see the grace of God upon your life. We don't need to be able to see you pray the prayer. We just want to connect with the grace in which you carry. And there are some certain things in which they do. Normally, at their own self. I remember one of them, he said it from blank. He said, I've been believing God for just seven clients. But by the time I saw platform started, and I know too well that I know what it takes you to start, it, it can only be God that will compel you. Say, I choose to partner. In less than two weeks, he was believing God for seven clients. In two weeks, he got 20 clients. 20. Because why? There is a force that backs anointed men of God. I'm not talking about the charlatans that are currently operating left and center. I'm talking about the ones that God has ordained. God has deployed from heaven. They carry grace. You locate them. There's some certain grace they carry that you don't need to even, you don't need prayer. You just need them to talk and you go home. I remember when I was still submitted to a previous church, which I was before. I just said, I don't pray. I say, I don't, why will I generate heat now when I know that somebody did? I just plug myself. I'm like a son. There are some of you just need to be like a son. S-U-N. The sun that shines in the daytime. Just, I mean, just, I mean, like the moon, sorry. Just be like the moon. Just roll yourself and just be where the sun is shining. And as the sun is busy shining, you are reflecting the light. It's called what it's called. The invisible force of the anointed men of God. When I mean men of God, I'm talking both male and female. There are women that carry grace. There is one of the women in the Bible called Hannah the prophetess. Hannah the prophetess prayed for almost 70 years until Jesus come. She never gave up. Part of the people that, that protect Jesus' integrity's ministry, women were there. There were women that carried the grace of God. And I pray for every woman this morning that is currently struggling in answering God's call for your life. I release that very particular grace to rest upon you in the name of Jesus. Everything that is holding you down from expressing the fullness of who God has for you as a woman. I release that very particular grace from God to empower you this morning in the name of Jesus. We need women in this very particular thing. We need, I, your pastor, I need you. I need women because why? I understand what women can pull off. Women were the one that protected. They were the one that covers that very particular. In fact, the woman who actually oiled Jesus' body, the woman who break the alabaster boss, women, they carry a particular mystery 
that the reason why the devil is constantly fighting women because he knows that when women get it right our nation will get it right when women get it right the church will get it right when women get it right every of the family will get it right i pray this morning every woman that is under any attack of the devil i cause that attack off your life in the name of jesus that attack die from the root you that devil that says our women will not become a voice that devil that says our women will not amount to the thing god has embarked for them that devil that says the women will not be able to operate in the fullness of god i break that devil off your life in the name of jesus women will need you on the forefront we need you in politics we need you in business we need you in career we need you in entertainment we need you if you don't know i need you to be occupied those very particular place and i pray this morning that the grace for you to get in there it will come upon you this morning in the name of jesus what else again is our number five it's called the invisible force of testimonies the invisible force of testimony my dear testimony carry power testimony carries a triumphing power where the moment something happened you testify lord i thank you because i know that indeed you have done one now this is a point where you are thanking god ability for you to thank god for what he has done is you giving him testimony for how the thing has done and part of the testimony seal the testimony by telling your spiritual father or your spiritual mother the bible says, let's let's even go to the bible so that you can see it the bible says the book of revelation chapter 12 verse 11 revelation 12 11 the bible says here he says they triumph over him by the blood of the lamb <laughs> now he now says and <laughs> by the words of that testimony he said they triumph over him which is ability for you to live a triumphant life can be one by the blood of the lamb and secondly by the words of your testimony the ability for you to share your testimony because this is what testimony does when you share your testimony you are sealing that very particular thing and the devil has no right nowhere anywhere to come back again because why you have wrapped it up in the hand of the vada the reason why some of you one minute you are healthy the next minute you are sick one minute your account is full the next minute you are broke have you shared the testimony when god blesses you with that five rand now you are wondering now it is now two rand you are praying you are giving us sleepless nights all of a sudden you are turning us as a pastor to 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 sangoma or probably to a consultant that will now call your pastor do that routine who do just do it if you do who i'll be fine i don't do who let's know what your problem is why because testimony carry force isaiah chapter 8 verse 16 and 20 Isaiah 8, 16 and 20. The Bible says here, it says, build up the testimony. <laughs> build up the testimony. Seal the law among many disciples. 20 now says, it said, to the law and to the testimonies. If they speak not according to this word, it is because that there is no light in them. Which means your test, the reason why you don't have testimony in this moment, there is no light that backs the reality of what you are expecting. When you know that you are looking for Lord, I will give a testimony by the time you bless me with this car. I am not going to become a secret agent in the house of the Lord. Where all of a sudden God blesses you like, no, I don't want people to know. We want you to say it so that people can know that there is a God that backs your life. Testimony is what makes people stand strong. Some of you need to share your testimony for the, because some people breakthrough needs to come out from your testimony. There is a power from testimony. Revelation chapter 19 verse 10. Revelation 19 verse 10. The Bible just says, he said, and I fell asleep and worshipped him. And he said unto me, see thou not it? I am thou fellow servant. And he said, sorry, he says, and I am thy fellow servant. And if thy brethren have the testimony of Jesus, worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. 
Do you hear what our statement said again? He said, for the testimony of Jesus. Which means your testimony is a pointer of God's inheritance. Your testimony shows what God can do to somebody. The reason why that you can't not even invite that person to the church. You cannot invite because why you are hiding. I don't want my neighbor to know. But when your neighbor asks you, how did you get this very particular? Instead of saying, thank God. God bless me with this. You know, I was just lucky. All of a sudden, you are carrying lucky ascribed to the Satan. And your, your neighbor is looking at you. Okay, this one is not. And your neighbor is sitting around your corner wanting to come to church. Waiting for your testimony to thank God that God did this for me. I pray for you this morning. Ability to share your testimonies around your neighbor. Share your testimonies around the church. To empower somebody's life. Let that grace rest upon you in the name of Jesus. We understand the force of platform church. Watch out. And there's a lot of testimony that are coming in from majority of the members, even those that are far outside of South Africa. And when I hear the testimony, I release the blessing to seal it. And the moment I seal it, I know too well that nothing can go there. And I go peacefully and go and sleep. And majority of you, you are a living testimony. I was saying to some of the people I was with yesterday when we were doing a water baptism, I said, you all are the celebrities that make me a celebrity pastor. I pray for you all this morning one more time. Everything that will make you an announcement to your world, what needs to happen between now and December that will make you an announcement to your world comes to you right now in the name of Jesus. Whatever that will make an announcement, every Christmas bonuses in which you need come to you right now in the name of Jesus. What else again as we begin to end this very particular point this morning is the fact that your expectations must be the invisible force, sorry, of your expectations. The invisible, because why? Your expectations, you've not hold it right now with your physical hand. But your head has captured it. The Bible says Abraham did not consider his body dead. For he believed that regardless of the fact that Sarah is old and he is old. He knows that there is a miracle. There is somebody this morning you are expecting God to come through for you with the issue of, with the, with the, issue of the blood in which you have. There is somebody I'm feeling very strongly. The doctor have just diagnosed you this moment. Um, that you have a very particular related blood disease. I can't find the name. I can see the name. It starts from P. But my head cannot actually actualize it. Me and doctor's name. I have a problem with that. And I choose not to know. But as long as you know it's a blood disease that you are currently struggling with. It starts from P. I release the power of God right now to kill that disease in the name of Jesus. Every disease that the devil has shot in your body, every blood disease in your body, I break that yoke off your neck in the name of Jesus. There is a healing balm this morning. The force, the invisible force of expectation. What are you expecting this morning, Savisa? What are the things that you carry in your thoughts? There is a grace this morning to compel that very particular thing to happen. The Bible makes us to understand in Proverbs chapter 23, verse 18. Proverbs 23, verse 18. He said, For surely there is an end, and thy expectation shall not be cut off. I repeat it again. For surely there is an end, and thy expectation shall not be cut off. For surely there is an end of barrenness, and your expectation of fruitfulness cannot be cut off. For surely there is an end of barrenness and your expectation of fruitfulness cannot be cut off. For surely there is an end to that poverty. There is an end to that barrenness. There is an end to that sickness. There is an end to that joblessness. There is an end to that unmarried life. There is an end to that singlehood. For surely there is an end to 
singlehood for the expectation of the marital life that you want shall not be cut off this morning i want somebody to stand up and begin to open their mouth and begin to push he said for surely there is an end there is an end to that pain there is an end to that very particular expectation you've been believing god that this year will not come to an end without you sharing your testimony i have come this morning to join my faith with your faith and to pull the possibility with you for surely there is an end there is an end to joblessness there is an end to poverty there is an end every product that has a manufacturing date i mean has an expiry date every product it has an expiry date i decree upon your life this morning as you begin to end that poverty end that pain end that shame end that disgrace i release the power of god to come upon you right now in the name of jesus for surely there is an end what are you going to end this morning i don't know the expectations in which you have brought before the lord this morning i have given you six verses, six principles that you can engage principle of the word of god principle of prayer principle of prayers principle of praise and worship i give you a principle of testimony i give you the principle of the anointing and now i'm giving the principle of expectation open your mouth this morning and begin to push and say lord for surely there is an end i don't know what needs to end in your life there is a grace that ends that thing this morning open your mouth and begin to pray lord i end poverty this month father from today i end barrenness i end lack i end begging i end borrowing he says surely there is an end there is an end there is an end there is an end Exodus chapter 33 verse 14. He says, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. What is that expectation you are expecting God from? There is a rest available this morning. He says, surely I will go with you. God asked me to tell somebody this morning that that concerns him, that he's going there with you. That expectation, he's going there with you. That worries and anxiety, he's going there with you. He said, my presence shall go with you and I shall give you rest. He says, I will never leave thee. I will never forsake you. Open your mouth and begin to pray this moment. There is a grace for your expectation. The possibility grace. I have given you possibility grace. Open your mouth this moment and begin to push. Pray in the Holy Ghost. There is somebody this morning. I can feel in my spirit. You want to try to pray in tongues but you don't know how to pray in tongues. This morning I release your tongue. I release your tongue. I baptize you with the power of the Holy Ghost. I baptize you with the power of the Holy Ghost right now. Open your mouth and begin to pray. Open your mouth and just try. Begin to speak in tongues. The Bible says, Better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. There is an end that is coming. There is an end. He said, Better is the end. I don't care what is the stress that has been going through. Better is the end. This year is about to come to an end. 
in less than 35 i mean less than 35 days if i'm not mistaken less than 32 days the year will be closing there is a miracle for you with your name on it there is a grace god has released for you i am hearing in my spirit the lord is saying to somebody this morning that before this year will come to an end he will give you a new job opportunity there is a new job opportunity that is coming for somebody this morning in the name of jesus the end of your shall be greater the end of your shall be better the end of your shall greatly increase in the name of jesus somebody is getting a miracle job i can hear it one more time somebody is getting a miracle job somebody is getting a miracle job in the name of jesus i can hear in my spirit i don't know who you are this morning but i see god sending you he's sending you strength visitation a visitation upon your life he's sending you a strength visitation i feel the prophetic grace upon my life this morning i can feel it very strongly i want somebody to connect this morning i want your faith to be strong this morning i am tired of seeing you poor i am tired of seeing you broke i am tired of seeing your life at a particular space enough is enough you have suffered thus far you have come to the home of rest i said welcome home i am hearing it again one more time there is a strength visitation a strength visitation between now and this month end that between now and this month end i am hearing it in my spirit is a 24 hours there is a 24 hours grace that is about to locate somebody this month 24 hours grace there is somebody this morning in fact as a matter of fact is a sister that is a female this morning listening to me you started a project this year at a particular point you got tired you stopped but along the line you picked that project up but now you are getting weary the lord asked me to tell you ah it's a grace to finish is upon your life right now the grace to finish the project is upon your life right now i don't want you to get tired i want you to pick the project before this year come to an end you will finish that project you will finish stronger you will finish stronger in the name of jesus you will finish stronger Holy Spirit, I thank you. Holy Spirit, I thank you. I don't know who you are this morning, but I see God catapulting you from the back. He's taking you from the back to the front. He's taking you from the back to the front. He's taking you from the back to the front. He's taking you from the back to the front. He's taking you from where people don't know you, but God is about to preach where people will celebrate you. You are being shifted. You are being moved from the back to the front. You are being moved from the back to the front. I hear it one more time. He's taking, as a matter of fact, it's a workplace situation. I hear God say to me this moment uh, that it's a workplace situation uh, where men are thinking uh, that that is your limit. Um, where men are thinking uh, that you don't have any capacity anymore. The Lord asked me to tell you, he's shifting you. Uh, he's shifting you from the back to the front. Uh, open your mouth and begin to lay hold. Uh, begin to take hold by your faith. I don't know who you are this morning. Um, you have a long-standing court case. Um, that is a court case that is currently still trending upon your life. Um, that is a 
court case that is currently still upon your life and you are asking and you are saying when will this case be over the lord asked me to tell you that in this month of december that case will be dropped off and the case will favor you in the name of jesus i am releasing prophetic grace upon your life please begin to capture it begin to take it there is a court case i hear it again one more time before the court goes on break the case will be thrown out of the court and you shall be favored in the name of jesus i am hearing it again court case i don't care if it's your fault there is a grace this morning i'm releasing a grace i'm releasing the grace upon your life that will make the case favor you the case will favor you the case will favor you in the name of jesus lord jesus i thank you thank you father somebody needs an opportunity you need an opportunity in the place of your work as much as you need a movement from the back to the front there is an opportunity that is coming to your workplace an opportunity in your workplace as a matter of fact i am hearing it an opportunity with the gift of your hand there is a talent and a gift for example maybe you are very good with craft work or maybe you are very good with 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 with, with ability to do a pr stuff or a marketing stuff but i hear god said to me this morning there is an opportunity coming for you an opportunity coming for you and he asked me to tell you please have a good number please have a good figure of what you want that everything you are declaring with your mouth it is going to come to pass everything you are going to say with your mouth on that opportunity is an opportunity with your name on it an opportunity with your hand an opportunity with your talent please i want you to receive it this moment in the name of jesus the grace is heavy this morning in the house i can feel the power of god every long standard sicknesses oh long-standing sicknesses long-standing sicknesses i curse you from the root from everyone's life this morning in the name of jesus every long-standing sickness sickness in the life of your mother sickness in the life of your father sickness in your body i curse it from the root this day it dies this moment in the name of jesus long-standing sickness i curse you right now every embargo that has been placed on anybody's life this morning every embargo every limit that has been placed upon your life i remove the limit i remove the limit i remove the limit in the name of jesus in one minute i want you to open your mouth and i'm going to be declaring from this place everyone this morning lord i release a miracle upon their life i release miracle every expectation that they have echoed before you father lord i stand oh lord as the prophet of their life i release their expectations i release their expectations into their hands in the name of jesus every kingdom of hell every power of darkness that I vow that you will never end this year well. I cause the power of your life in the name of Jesus. I decree upon you this lady. You carry your miracle babies. You carry your miracle babies. You carry your miracle babies. In the name of Jesus. I decree upon you this morning.
morning. I am hearing this very particular man. You are watching me. You currently, doctor says you have a low sperm count. You cannot produce. Your sperm count is very low. I decree right now. I release the power of God upon your body. I release the power of God upon your body right now. Please, I want you to go back to the hospital. You will notice that the doctor will tell you that the low sperm count is cancelled. The low sperm count. And also there is a woman currently. They have diagnosed you that you have HIV AIDS. HIV AIDS is out of your life right now. HIV AIDS is out of your life right now. In the name of Jesus. Please, I encourage you, go to the hospital. The evidential faith, it carries all of the proof. It carries the fruit. I encourage you, go. Go to the hospital. That sickness is no more in your body. That health problem is no more in your body. That cancer of the blood is no more in your body. That very particular disease is no more in your body. In the name of Jesus. Lord Jesus, I thank you because indeed you are good God. I bless your holiness because, oh Lord, you are not the one, oh Lord, that sleeps or slumber. Thank you, Father, because the possibility grace, the ability to operate the invisible, to pull our expectation. Lord, you have sent it for this morning. I pray for every one of platform members, those that are currently streaming, those that are live here. Lord, I decree upon everyone's life, Lord, that before now and this year will come to an end. Their expectation will be handed over to them. In the name of Jesus, I release their expectations. I release their expectations. I release their expectations. In the name of Jesus, he said, for surely there is an end. For surely there is an end. Everything that has buffeted you thus far, it has come to an end this morning in the name of Jesus. Father, Lord, I thank you. To you we give all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And God's people say him. That's all we have for today. But be sure to continue listening to the Rested Life Conversations. At Platform Church, we are all about simplifying the process, providing solutions, and creating realities for you. If this message has blessed you and you want to be a blessing by supporting this ministry, please visit platformchurch.co.za. Platform Church, family of rest.